0: Hello everyone, I'm Soma Mazindar,
1: and I'm Orad Sam and welcome to Kanban Lab podcast. In each episode, we'll pick a common question and dive into a different aspect of Kanban, exploring its principles, practices, and applications, and answering that question.
0: Our goal in this podcast is to demystify Kanban and help listeners understand how it can benefit their teams and organizations. To addressing the common misconceptions, clarifying concepts, and answering questions about Kanban.
1: Good morning, Sama, How are you?
0: Hey, morning, Norod. I'm good. How are you doing? How is Melbourne today?
1: I'm very good. Today, it's uh, actually quite uh, windy and rainy. How is the weather <laughs> in Sydney?
0: Uh, well, it's sunny, but at the same time, cold so yes like same same i would say nothing changed much since last time we spoke
1: yeah we're getting closer to um winter
0: Mm, we we are like the winter is already here what are you talking about are we
1: in the winter already oh yes we are (laughs) All right. So what do you heard recently about Kanban uh, that surprised you, Soma? Is there anything um, interesting to share with us?
0: Yes, actually there is. And this is not very common, what uh, what I heard recently. Um, so I went to a meeting where someone said that, you know, like it's it's the delivery teams who needs to deliver fast. Mm-hmm. And they are really, really not worried about that. The demand, like how how demand is getting into the delivery team, so no one is mm-hmm. looking at optimizing that. All they want the delivery team to just deliver fast. So yes. there is no balance between demand versus capability.
1: Mm. So basically, everything go to the delivery team and ask them to get it done without even have without you know. Doing enough discovery on the work, that kind of thing.
0: Mm. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you are touching on the topic of upstream kanban, aren't you? You know what? I have a surprise yeah. for you today, right? So You have a surprise for me. Yes. Yes. For you and for also for our audience, because we have a very special guest, someone who actually taught me the meaning of Upstream Kanban in a very, very simple way. So Mm -hmm. I learned this when I was going through my own AKT journey. And I watched this video and reached out to this person who is such a genuine and simple, like kind-hearted person who responded to my messages, explaining more about Upstream Kanban. And you know what? We got him today on this call. Lovely. To talk about Upstream Kanban. So I'm going to hand over to this person. Andre to introduce himself, because I won't be able to do justice to that. Andre, welcome to our podcast.
2: Hello, guys. Hello. My pleasure to stay here. Thank you so much for inviting me.
1: It's a pleasure. Who is better than you to talk uh, about upstream chain than Andre?
2: I think there's a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I I'm trying. I'm trying to, to do my best here and kudos for Patrick Steyert, the guy yeah. that mm. um shared uh, the upstream essential upstream Kanban the, the mm. book. Um and by the way you can download it for free on Camban on University website. So yeah. I'm here, I studied a lot about his job and I use Upstream Kanban work as well. So yeah. let's try to explain something.
1: So before yes. we uh, start about uh, start talking about Upstream Kanban, uh, so how is the weather? So basically where are you at at the moment and how is the weather?
2: I live in Maryland, in America, United States. Mm-hmm. So here, actually the weather today is kind of weird because did you see the news about the fires in canada that no, no. what happened a lot of smokes yeah yeah oh. uh, basically we have some smoke coming from canada to united states
1: oh,
0: okay. and,
2: and uh, the air quality is very low at the moment here but hopefully we will get better soon
1: mm. okay Because we also have a bush firing uh, in Australia in summer. It's very common.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: So hopefully everything will be fine. And by the way, speaking of Patrick, you know, I've met him uh, when I was in uh, India in December for Kanban India. And we had really good chat. He's a very nice person. And I just wanted to use this opportunity to say hi to him. And hopefully we have him someday in uh, our podcast as well. Definitely. (laughs) All right, Andre, can you tell us a little bit about uh, Upstream Kanban?
2: Well, when we talk about Kanban and the delivery teams, it's when we get the job done, right? Mm. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. But Mm. a lot of things happen before you start a job like coding, developing, or or anything else. So Mm. Upstream... Is what happened before what we call the commitment point. Mm-hmm. What is the commitment point? The when when you have like the your your service or your delivery. The commitment point is when I use it to say when you get married with the demand.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: <laughs> when you start doing something and you you know what we always talk in Kanban, stop starting start mm-hmm. finishing limit mm-hmm. whip. So this is what is happening when you are delivering. The upstream is if you have a, a board, is like the, the left part of your board before the commitment point. So mm-hmm. it's where you have ideas, you have options, you have discovery, um, mm. depends of course wh- where you work, you have the user experience job or, or something like that. I, I use it to say it's the part that you deal with options. Because mm-hmm. since you committed to the work is not an option anymore. So this is mm-hmm. the upstream commitment.
1: Okay, and that's why you call it married with. Uh, well, did you call it marriage with uh,
2: the demand? The commitment point is yeah. when you get married. The work. That's item. right. You because know, when upst- I'm sorry, in upstream you are dating the work item. That's, <laughs> that's right.
1: right.
0: Oh, that's a really really good analogy. Yeah, I believe
1: you know what i normally use uh, i normally tell people that before you sign a contract and you buy a house you can do whatever you want to do you can ask you know people to come for you know pest inspection you can ask a plumber to come and see if there is anywhere is leaking or whatever but when you sign a contract it's your house then it's your problem you can't sell it just easily you need to fix whatever it's there so before yeah. signing a contract, make sure you've done enough, uh, yeah. you know, analysis.
0: Analysis and also feasibility, like if you can mm. pay the mortgage. But uh, on that, Andre, what based on your experience working in different industries and different countries, how important is upstream camera?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the the upstream camera is something that will improve your flow and create a more sustainable flow, efficient Mm -hmm. flow, uh, effective flow. Because since you work only in the delivery, you pretty much will have a product owner or a product manager. And Mm. all the things you start working with the, the team is something that is in his computer or in his spreadsheet something that is not visible for for the yes. team since yes. you have the upstream you have you can have this in a board and you have the columns in an upstream yeah mm-hmm. the the work will become more visible and you understand what happened since you have an idea mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. deliver this for for your customer the point is this the upstream starts when you have an idea when you mm-hmm. need to, an, an analysis or something before you decide that this is the right thing to do. I always say that your capacity to have ideas, Mm. it's bigger and bigger and bigger than your capacity to convert these ideas in software, if you're talking about software or or Mm. something else. So Mm -hmm. it's important to see the upstream, like you have uh, a, a funnel with filters, so you are taking decision what i discard what i'm gonna do what's a good idea what's a bad idea before we start the work
1: okay so make sure to marry the right person basically (laughs) perfect
2: (laughs) perfect Perfect. yeah (laughs) it it might be controversial
0: yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah, but it might be a bit controversial so you are basically saying you should date as many people as you could before (laughs) marrying the right person right
2: well, sometimes if you will marry the first people you you date, why not? but uh it's important to have decisions uh in upstream and understand and I always say to people that technical uh refinement is part of the upstream as well, so you can understand what you're going to do and and deliver faster
1: okay yeah. so uh you know uh, Andre, you mentioned about in upstream we look at the idea and make sure that we're going to commit to the right option or right idea that we actually want to deliver so i have two questions what happens if we don't do upstream and we commit as soon as possible and say yep we're gonna do this what will happen and then i'll ask you the second question later
2: sometimes depends of the work item you don't need an upstream. It's like uh, an explicit policy that you can have. For instance, if you are fixing a bug in production, you don't mm. need to look at this bug and see if it makes sense to to do the things that you need to do. Of course, if you have a bug in production, you can just uh, set in, in downstream and develop that. Mm. But when you, when you, st- I'm sorry i need to get a cut on that what was your your original question
1: so i said what problem we want to solve by having upstream
2: imagine that you are a pizza place yes and and people call to your pizza place and say i want a pizza with pepperoni salmon and Mm -hmm. broccoli And you have no idea if it's possible to create a pizza with pepperoni, salmon, and broccoli. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem that we will solve in in upstream is that you will commit to work that you can do. So Mm -hmm. if you don't have the upstream, sometimes you will commit with something that you are unable to deliver. Or Mm -hmm. worse, you will deliver the wrong thing. So Mm -hmm. the upstream is important to make sure that you're delivering the right thing at the right time. Okay. Okay. Wow.
1: So, and I have another uh, question because I think, uh, Soma, you mentioned in upstream we can date as much as, you know, we can.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) But, you know, in Kanban, so basically what we want is to make sure that we always have enough, work and not have too much work so do we also need to limit the number of work in uh, upstream or we can say or no we going to analyze 200 tickets or 200 ideas at the same time
2: it's always a good thing to limit the work in progress in upstream as well for the same Mm -hmm. reason that in downstream so we will not have a lot of work and uh, to do, and, and you can focus in a small amount of work. But the point in upstream, and for me, the most important thing is not to set a maximum whip limit. It's mm-hmm. set a mi- minimum whip limit. And mm-hmm. why? Since you are discovering, since you are having ideas, since you are taking a look in, in the work items, and you, it, you will discard a lot of them, Mm-hmm. You need to have a pool of ideas that you can commit at some point. Mm-hmm. So if you have a minimum work in progress in in, in upstream, you always keep on track, something that can go to the next phase of your, your work. Mm-hmm. And since your delivery team raise their hands and say, Okay, we can do something else, you have something that is prepared mm. to the to the downstream. The yeah. point is I never know any company that the team working in downstream raising their head and say, we, we want more work. And they say, we don't have work to give you now. Just wait yes. a little bit. Of course, yeah. they will pull the work and, mm. and work that is not prepared for that enough. Yes. Work that yeah. is not in definition of ready. That's so right. If you have the upstream, a, a pool of ideas in upstream, you have the ability to, to push more work and keep your flow
1: okay and also make sure that we have enough ready work for delivery team
0: perfect perfect Mm. Yes. yeah
1: okay um okay so do you have any question otherwise i I have another things yeah
0: well you you can take your turn no no no, you go you go yes i have a question so it's uh based on the recent changes that has been done on the customer lead time by kanban university so now the customer lead time starts before the first commitment point. It actually starts from the options. Have you heard about it guys? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I totally agree with it because I believe that it is very important to understand how much time your options are taking, you know, like the discovery, the analysis, the feasibility test are taking because that's all about optimizing upstream. And as you mentioned earlier, Upstream, downstream, both is part of the flow, how fast we can deliver anything to our customer. So what is your take on it, Andre? What are your thoughts on that The customer lead time starting from the options?
2: Okay, so uh, I think makes sense the customer lead time starts in options, but I use it to say is at the moment that you touch your customer heart. So mm. when our customers say, okay, now they committed to the work that we talked about. Mm. Sometimes, and for instance, if you have a, a team that mm. your customer um, call in a customer service and open a ticket. Mm. If you work in an airline, for instance. So yeah. since your customer called to the airline and said, I need a refund for a ticket that was, my flight was delayed or something mm-hmm. like that. At that point that your customer called, his heart was like, okay, I'm, I'm waiting for something, for, for an answer from, from the, the, the company. So mm-hmm. I think the, the lead time started at that moment in this yeah. case. Yeah. But at some point when we are delivering software, the customer call or send an email or something but it's like just an uh, idea about a new feature so we can't start like at that point because we need to talk with that customer we need to understand what is the reason we, we are developing something so i use it to say at this this case i started the lead time when we have a suspect what that what we need so when the customer say okay they are writing their requirements they are um having something like a technical analysis about that so that was the point that the customer understand that we are deal with Mm. with the 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 thing that we want to to have as a feature so for me it depends Mm. when in in your environment you as Mm. i said touch the heart of our customer that Yeah, saying, we are looking what we are talking about. <laughs> oh, I
0: love this analogy. And also it makes so much of sense because sometimes understanding the feasibility of a demand is very important before even the customer knows that, okay, they want it. So like the technical, the software uh, example that you have given really, really makes sense because Sometimes, you know, we will get all kinds of requirements. But when we go to integrate that with our existing platform, that might not be possible. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in those cases, those options will be discarded. So starting the customer lead time, you know, like the ticker from that time doesn't make sense because we don't know if it is a valid demand. So, yes, I would say that, OK, I got my answer. And thank you for that, André. So back to your
1: yeah. So just to make sure, you know, we all, at least I'm clear. So uh, Andre, what you said is that the customer lead time can start before the commitment point, but not necessarily as soon as customer raised the request.
2: Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is what I thought about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that, that makes sense. So what do you think about, uh, because, you know, in, Lots of uh, organizations, especially large organizations, um, they normally have a dedicated team for discovery, right? So they have product owner, they have business analysts, they might have some sort of architect, those kind of people, right? Which spend most of the t- most of their time on discovery and upstream canvas. So how, what do you think about getting the delivery team involved in upstream Kanban? Do you think this is, uh, this is a must and must happen, or you know, we must have a separate dedicated team for you know, upstream and a dedicated team for downstream?
2: I think for me, when I involved the technical team in upstream it was a game changer. Not exactly all the teams. Sometimes only the leader or the technical leader or architects, because we have in upstream we need to discuss about how the Mm -hmm. system is going to work and in a technical way what makes sense before we committed, as we talked a couple minutes. So for me, of course, you will have more business people in upstream and more development people in downstream. But of course, if you have the service, the services, the upstream and the, the downstream together. And in yeah. Kanban is about services, right? That's so right. So if you have people working in the service, I think it's, it's a good idea. And for me, it was a game changer.
1: Mm. And also, it's always good to look at this option from different angles so from customer point of view from business point of view from technical point of view to analyze this problem and see how as you said how we want this system uh, behave
2: yeah yeah mm-hmm. and i i have dozens of examples about that but sometimes i work with a, a team that works in an accountant a, accountant system mm-hmm. this these people knows more about accountant systems and taxes and everything than mm-hmm. they accountants because they are working for 20 years in that system yeah. so everybody can talk about that and and break the big stories in small stories and get prepared for the downstream so that makes sense get people involved
1: mm. And maybe back to one of the Kanban principle: manage the work, not, not worker. The worker.
0: Yes, exactly. And let worker <laughs> to
1: decide what is the best way to deal with the work. Also,
0: this is a very good example of customer centricity and business agility. If you look at it in that way, because it is all about delivering the best service to our customer, keeping them in the heart of everything and business agility, right? Like getting different perspectives to solve a problem. So.
1: Hmm. now that's good all right so if we want to summarize what we discussed andre and what will be basically the takeaway from this episode
2: okay and and something i summarized the upstream kanban in a picture called upstream kanban picture so mm-hmm. if you are listening this episode you can search Upstream Kanban picture, Andres Suman, my, my name, or yeah. you take a look at andresuman.com. I have mm-hmm. a blog post where, where I have the picture that I explain upstream Kanban. And what I'm going to summarize here is you need to take a look in your flow before you're committed to work. And this mm-hmm. is what upstream is. And since you have, there's a lot of job that is done before the development team take a, take a look at the work. So you can map your upstream flow. You can take a, a look in what is, makes sense in a technical way. You have options. You need to understand the efficiency of your flow, but you need to get the right things to get done. So the mm-hmm. upstream is where you generate value making the right choices in everything that your customer is talking about and having ideas. Wow. Lovely. Yeah.
1: I'll yeah, make okay. sure to uh, add the link uh, at the bottom of this uh, podcast. So if anyone wants to look at the uh, map that Andres said, they can easily find it. Uh,
0: I also would like to add something in the takeaway. So it is, again, very important. And that flow is not only about delivery teams or downstream. It mm-hmm. is about end-to-end flow. Whenever mm-hmm. we talk about flow in companies, it's about end-to-end, which includes upstream or shaping demand. So it is as important as shaping the delivery teams or capability. So please pay attention to that whenever you know, like you have an organization that how the demands are getting shaped before it reaches the commitment point to the delivery teams.
1: Mm-hmm. And make sure to marry the right person.
0: Yes, that's very important.
2: (laughs) And one last tip. Yeah, yeah. Since you you have your board with the ready to do Mm. to production, think about to have a board starting with ideas Mm -hmm. to ready for replenishment or ready to start. This is your upstream. So you need to feel... You're bored with the right columns there and mm. take a look in your flow in upstream. Mm.
1: Lovely. That's
0: really nice.
1: All right. Thanks, Andre. It was really great. It was a pleasure to have you in this episode. I personally learned a lot. It was thank an you. enjoyable chat.
0: Yeah, it was. And thank you again, Andre. I think I keep learning from you. So like it, it is a pleasure, absolute pleasure to have you here.
2: Thank you so much. My my pleasure. It was my first podcast in English.
0: (laughs) Yay!
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Thank Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.